Support comes from the City of Elgin, celebrating St. Patrick's Day with a sip, shop, and stroll event in downtown Elgin, including a farmer's market, extended store hours, kids' activities, and refreshments. 19 miles east of Austin on Highway 290. More at elgintexas.gov. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week on This Song, we'll be hearing from Austin singer and songwriter Susanna Schoffel. Now, I've known Susanna for a while, like since I moved to Austin. She's an Austin native, and she started playing like really young when she was like 14. And in the aughts, she established herself as one of the most respected singers and songwriters in town. She had a super popular residency at this club called Momo's, and she released two records, Shutters and Rings and Steady Eye, Shaky Bow, which later became Archer. And she's been on TV. Yeah. In 2012, she was on the television show The Voice because, you know, she's got a great voice. Her music is a mix of pop, jazz, folk, and reggae, it definitely has its own vibe. And she has a new record out called Hello, Goodbye. She came by KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, to tell me about a song and an artist who helped her understand the concept of vibe. So here she is, Susanna Schoffel. When I was about I guess I was 17, uh, growing up here in Austin. I was driving down the road in my little 1987 Nissan Maxima with the graphic equalizer, um, thinking I was so cool and so excited about this new freedom I had with a with a used car and uh, and control of the radio station. Right? You know, you grow up in your parents' vehicle and you're bound to what they're listening to, which for the most part in my life happened to be incredible music. I'm very very blessed and that I grew up on a lot of good stuff. But um, I think I was listening to, I don't know what it was, it was a local station and suddenly this song came on and I was like, what the heck is this? And I realized that this was Bob Marley. name. Funny enough, I knew his name from Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Give It Away. You know, they quote, Bob Marley, poet and a prophet. I think when I was like 13 or 14, whenever that came out, I was like, oh, Bob Marley must be this like wise old white wizardly sage or something that he's talking to. He must be this like philosopher that I will learn about someday. You know, not knowing that it's this Jamaican dude with dreadlocks who happens to be this incredibly prolific um, musician and artist. And, and of course, he was dead by the time, you know, I was a teenager. He was dead when I was, I think, one or two. He died in 81, 82. I can't remember. I think 81. Somewhere around the same time that John Lennon died. Both of them we lost when I was like a toddler, which is so sad. Anyway, whatever. Their music lives on. So um, Could You Be Loved comes on. And 
it just like the intro with the what I would later find out was a cuica that that I can't do. I'd have to have a straw in like a McDonald's cup. You can kind of do it with that. And then the rhythm dropped and and suddenly I just kind of like I think the thing about Bob Marley that I was I've kind of been musing over this like the last 24 hours is you know, what about him changed me in such a way that like all this other music that I was exposed to my whole life, you know, didn't. And I think it was just such a different sound. His music was just like reggae in general was just like, what is this? I've grown up with folk and soul and pop and R&B and all that. But I've, you know, and I'd, I'd heard the police, of course. And so I heard elements of reggae here and there in music. Um, you know, Sublime was, was huge when I was in high school. So there was that. I don't practice. heard kind of the voice of reggae, you know, and um, so I sort of went into this bubble, went home, and uh, do you remember the the BMG, uh, was it BM, BMG music catalog that you, you know, six for one CDs sort of thing? Six um, for and by one, you mean you buy, a penny. Yes, a penny. Yes. You literally <laughs> buy a penny and you got like, yeah, something like six CDs or something. But it was cool because then I kind of went deep into his catalog. And I think, you know, the the other reason this music hit me so intensely was I was just starting to really get into the guitar. And the guitar in his music is so interesting. And, and you know, I had been finger picking and strumming and singing my little Sheryl Crow and Joni Mitchell and lots of I had kind of been in female singer songwriter, you know, mode as far as a lot of my guitar playing influences and this sort of like erased everything on my on my chalkboard and was like no there is this there is Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and these crazy cool sounds are getting out of the guitar and it sounds like a percussion instrument but it's a guitar now were you were you writing songs at the time or were you just playing guitar or yeah yeah I had so I kind of like self-taught myself I self-taught myself the guitar um, when I was like 16 and had started just kind of diving into chords and strumming and this and that. And I would say like at 17, 18, that's kind of when I really started trying to write my own stuff. And so far it had been very kind of like, you know, probably your typical teenage heartbreak, strummy, strummy, three chords, very, very simple and nothing to shake a stick at. But I, th I think the other way this sort of influenced me guitar wise is I immediately wanted an electric guitar because I, I immediately recognized that the acoustic could not do those things that I was hearing in reggae. You know, it's like a lot of it was like slap back. A lot of it was, you know, was related to uh, the effects going on on their amp, but a lot of it was also just the way the electric guitar responds to your fingers, which is just very different than acoustic. You didn't hold the chords out and ring them out. It was more of like immediately your hand had to do something to make it stop or respond in a different way. The palm mute and automatically my fingers want to hit the guitar a certain way because of reggae. You know, it's just that's that's where it lands. <laughs> so, um, a lot of people, when they hear me play, they're like, I feel like I hear reggae in your music. I mean, my music is not reggae. But I think what it did was it basically just infused this style of kind of percussive guitar playing that just completely changed my my sound and my writing. So you can kind of hear that influence there. And that's totally Bob Marley. One day I went up to the mountains And I screamed my secrets loud in the skies, the skies, the skies They sent me little black 
guitar playing. It was, you know, his voice was so incredible. He used it just like this. It was like this war cry every time he like, you know, he would do kind of these war cry sounds. These, you know, these crazy things that I couldn't do at the time. And I was like, what is he doing with his voice? And and it just felt so um, primal and so soulful in a way that I had not experienced a vocalist before. I had I had been exposed to soul music, which I was obsessed with, but I hadn't been exposed to like Jamaican soul music, which essentially this was. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm wondering, like, I see you in this car and you're driving down the road and you finally have control over the radio. I mean, what and you said that the stuff that your parents played was mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah. So what kind of stuff were you hearing before this? Like I, yeah, yeah. Our record collection when I was a kid included everyone from Emmylou Harris to Roy Orbison, lots of John Denver, lots of John Denver. Love me some John Denver. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. Fleetwood Mac. Dolly Parton, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Very superstitious. Writings on the wall. Very superstitious. It was weird. It was like a lot of my parents were really into like country and folk, but they also loved soul and R&B, you know? And I also think that's a huge, those are kind of two things that have really or have formed sort of my my base as a as a musician and a songwriter is soul and and folk and uh, but reggae was sort of this thing that was not in their record collection at all you know and I think the cool thing about it too is it took me on this journey where I ended up going to music school you know a couple years down the road and ended up studying a lot of world musics and I think it was because of reggae it sort of opened the door I, I started studying African drumming because I knew that the roots of reggae were you know rooted in African music and you know I know it's very cliche a lot of a lot of college kids get into reggae you know and it's like sort of this this cultural kind of thing you know and it's associated with marijuana and all this stuff but for me it was so so much about the music and the rhythm and the drum and the bass you know that like the two and the four and the feel of, of that push and pull it just I mean it sounded like music had dropped off from another planet and been planted in my car because it's like fast forward however many years I did I performed could you be loved when I was on the voice and like it was everyone called it song suicide I think that's what like Rolling Stone called it they were like she committed song suicide because that's when I like got bumped off the voice you know because everyone was like why'd you pick this song could you be And it was really funny because Christina Aguilera of all of them was like, you know, I think you were kind of going for vibe here, weren't you? You were going for vibe and I dig that, you know, but that's not what this show's about or whatever. This show's about vocal <laughs> run. About, it's called The Voice, not The Vibe, right? <laughs> but I was cracking up afterwards because I was like, that's totally what I was going for. I'm all about vibe and I just love the, how reggae makes me feel. I love how this song makes me feel. It's so joyful. It's so 
it just has this oomph in it that is is so hard to capture in any other song. And so it's kind of funny. I was like, I kind of had this sort of, you know, realization when I did that. I was like, yeah, I, I guess I just don't. I, I love singing incredibly challenging songs, you know, vocally challenging songs. That's there's that. That's kind of an art form. But I also just love being in met in met, um, in enmeshed, ensconced, whatever the word is, in a vibe, you know, and that was reggae for me. It just sort of hit me like this, this wash of a vibe, if you will. So yeah, I mean, vibe is so it's such a a hard thing to capture sometimes mm -hmm. and describe. Yeah, but I'm gonna ask you to describe the vibe. <laughs> no, that's good because it's way too general yeah. of a. No, but what I yeah. see is like I when I I think I know exactly what you're talking about because when you talk about it, your body moves a certain way, and in fact, you start yeah. to even like <laughs> bounce the way that reggae music kind of makes me like you know with totally the, um, totally yeah. But I would love to hear you just kind of describe sure. what that because it's because vibe is a feeling. Yes, absolutely. Um. And so it can be hard to describe feelings in words, but mm -hmm. I would love to hear what that is. Okay, so I think the thing particularly about Bob Marley that got me was, I felt like there was so much happening, but also so much space. I, you know, it's like so much happening, but it didn't feel busy or cluttered at all. It's like every every little piece had its part, you know? It's really all about that ja, 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 ja. I think what that allows to kind of happen in the music is for the the voice comes in and it completely takes over and you know with a voice like Bob Marley it was very raw and very primal and earthy. Let's get together and feel alright. Oh, 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 oh. Let them help us all dirty remarks. One love. There is one question I'd really love to ask. At that moment in time, it was just like, this is something new and this is amazing. And I think it's incredible that you can have that moment. I kind of think of this now, like having a daughter who is, is two. What is coming out right now that she's going to discover when she is 17 and blown away by? And like, oh my God, you know, or like Prince or, or someone who has passed away recently, David Bowie. And I think that's really powerful and incredible that it's like there are these artists that They'll, it's kind of like they'll be in a vault until, you know, the kids are at that that stage where your mind is just ripe for, like, discovery and impression. And, yeah, and so, anyway, that that's a whole other... That's a whole other podcast right there, but I'm <laughs> going down. Well, now you have this new record, mm -hmm. and, and you've made, you know, quite a few records. And so when you're writing for mm -hmm. a record, when you're recording, it sounds like it, it kind of subtly enters your songwriting process, but also like when you're making recorded material, does that idea of space, does that idea of like parts that are simple but mm -hmm. fit together kind of perfectly influence how you record your music? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that, you know, even though my my records are all kind of different from each other and I just, I, I cannot stand too much stuff in a song I, I like or or you know if we are gonna gonna layer and overdub a lot of cool things I like for it all to to fit very spaciously together when I could be loved and I should be loved oh yeah I could 
my thing has always been like, I, I want to find a really beautiful, poetic way to say something that is so um, maybe ugly or the jarring truth, you know? And Bob Marley was, you know, great at that. You know, his songs, some of them sound so joyful in the music, and then the lyrics are so intense and heavy. A lot of reggae music is like that, you know? It's just like super sad, intense lyrics which with this joyful kind of like rhythm. And I think people just needed to, to dance and celebrate, but they also needed to hear about what was going on and relate to the, to the music. Preacher man, don't tell me Heaven is on the dear challenge and I, I kind of feel like I, I'd like to take on that challenge with like you know my next album or just whatever I do next because typically I, I tend to write about very personal things uh, relationships and whatever things I'm going through but I think that um, that kind of part of me is sort of opening up a little bit more now to, to the outer world and sort of and how your relationship whether it's with your partner or you know your family or whatever they're just kind of like little microcosms of what's going on in the in the big world, you know, and how we relate to each other as humans. So anyway, yada, yada, I digress. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's a digression at all. Actually, I'm like, yeah, all, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I know, I know. You're, you're awesome like that a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, do you think becoming a parent has, has opened you up to that too? Oh yeah. Becoming a, a, a mom, a parent, it just, you start to see the world so differently. It's, I know, you know, it's, it's, um, I think my empathy and compassion in general for human beings just sort of like multiplied by 10 million, you know, I mean, there's, I think you just start to see the power of love so intensely because you've experienced it now on this extremely primal level. I think you're right. Like, I remember after, after I had my first baby, that idea of like my empathy all of a sudden mm -hmm. increasing. Yeah. I, I started to look at people and I remember one time I was like, oh my God. Everyone is someone's child. Yes. And then yes. I just kind of like, yep. all of a sudden, like you said, it, it just felt yeah. like something inside me expanded. Yeah. I mean, so much of what Barb Marley writes about is suffering, but also love. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, the, specifically the song that you started yeah, with, like, Could yeah. You Be Love. You know, Bob, you're right. He sang so much about love. I mean, if you look at all the titles of his songs on Legend, The Greatest Hits, it's all like, love, 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 you know? Like, <laughs> is this love? Could you be loved, you know? Um, so many beautiful songs about, and not just a romantic, you know, relationship, but the just beautiful, all-encompassing love of, for him, it was, you know, God. He was very, very spiritual. And 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 it's funny, because I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm not, you know, I consider myself spiritual, but don't really subscribe to, um, worshiping and believing in a god but i absolutely believe in the power of love you know and that there is kind of this god in all of us and that we are all bits of of love i feel like and and i feel like that's kind of what his message is and he's uh he's a good teacher you tell me that you need me got me running to who you don't then you act like you don't care and it's getting hard to ignore
This is I Could Be Loved from Susanna Schofield's new record, Hello, Goodbye. And thank you, Susanna, for attempting to describe vibe. I personally think you did a great job. Susanna will be at Utopia Fest this weekend out in Utopia, Texas. She'll be playing the main stage at 7.30 on Thursday night, and she'll be at the Parlor and Yard in Austin, Texas on Saturday, September 23rd. If you dug the conversation with Susanna Schofel about the beauty of reggae, then I bet you'll like the conversation I had with reggae artist Kali Buds. He talked about the influence of a Garnet Silk song on him and like, me? I actually got schooled in reggae. It turns out there is a ton about the genre and the scene about which I was totally ignorant before, but which Kali was kind enough to teach me. You can find that episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we would love it if you would leave a rating or a review. Ratings and reviews help us a lot here at Team This Song because they help people find the podcast. And ego-wise, they make us feel really, really good. So thank you in advance. And just so you know, we have one more week of this song before we take a little break. The Austin City Limits Festival is coming to town, and we will be there getting interviews and talking to artists about life-changing songs. But don't worry, there will be some This Song coming at you. We'll be running some of our older interviews during those weeks, so you can hear the artists that we've interviewed who are playing the festival this year. And that'll either help you like get geared up for ACL Fest or feel like you're there via podcast. And during this downtime, we would love to hear from you. Do you have a song or a musical experience that changed the way you saw the world? Well, tell us about it. Send a voice memo from your phone to this song at KUTX.org, or you could go old school. You can call us. Our number is 512-766-9066. Your story may end up on the podcast. And how cool would that be? And that's it. You have come to the end of another episode of This Song. This Song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. This interview was edited by Nadia Hamden. Yes, thank you. She did a great job. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song KUTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with MyATX Water, providing near real-time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at austinwater.org.